Hello, this is Do Go On. I'm Matt Stewart. And I'm Taran Jayamana. And uh, we're in Sydney. And uh, we're about to be in Brisbane. And we're doing live shows. They're called Dry Dryer. And also, who knew with Matt Stewart in both those cities? And you can get details at mattstewartcomedy.com. Anything else you want to tell the good listeners that do go on, Saran? Well, the whole point of this was you thought that it might be more engaging if you had a different voice. But you've said most of the information. So, hey, come see us in Sydney and Brisbane. Yeah, that was engaging. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. This podcast is brought to you by Squarespace, the all-in-one website platform for entrepreneurs to stand out and succeed online. Whether it's your first ever website or your business is expanding, Squarespace makes it easy to create a beautiful website and engage with your audience. Upload video content, organize your video library and showcase your content on beautiful video pages. You can even sell access to your video library by adding a paywall to your content. Cha-ching. <laughs> you can help with written content on your website with Squarespace AI, which I used to write this next sentence, so check this out. Generate instant, personalised results that know and show your brand identity. Explain what your site is about, choose your tone, and enter what you need to get short or long-form text. Squarespace AI, Squarespace AI makes it easier to go live, stand out, and succeed online. Oh, Dave, if only it could also not just write it, but read it too. <laughs> And edit it. (laughs) Hey, sell exclusive content on your site by adding a paywall to sell memberships or courses. Or sell files your customers can download like PDFs, music or eBooks. Man, it's starting to sound like I'm obsessed with money. (laughs) (laughs) And you are. So head to squarespace.com slash do go on for a free trial and to save 10% off your first purchase of a website or domain. This podcast is part of the Planet Broadcasting Network. Visit planetbroadcasting.com for more podcasts from our great mates. Hey Dugooners, Dave here dropping in at the start of the episode to make a very exciting announcement. Dugawan are hitting the road again and are doing some more live podcasts overseas, this time in Asia, or as Matt would say, Asia. We are now officially part of the 2019 Kosamui International Podcast Festival. Now what the heck does that mean? Well to explain... The Kosamui International Podcast Festival is a pod festival on a tropical island in Thailand, Kosamui, attended entirely by podcast listeners from other countries. We'll be joining Comedy Podcast and Friends, the Little Dum Dum Club, for five nights of comedy podcasts, stand-up comedy, and more surprises from June 11 to June 16. Four months, baby, get packing. It's all staged at one resort, the Ozo Chuang Samui, a fantastic hotel on the beach, where they build a stage on the beach for the podcasts. So we will literally be doing Do Go On live from a tropical beach. Man, I'm excited. I will be holding a pina colada at all times. The Ozo Chuang Samui offers a great deal for accommodation for guests of the podcast festival who are staying for five nights or more. If you book directly through them at ozohotels.com slash chuang samui and use the code word podcast19. This gets you a big discount on an awesome resort that hosts the live comedy on the beach at sunset. I say that again. Wow. 
You'll also need to separately purchase a ticket to the festival if you want to come along. All the details and the links and all that stuff I just said are at dogoonpod.com under the events tab, and I've included direct links in the description of this episode. If you want to get clicking away, seriously, check out the Ozo Chuang Samui website and you'll see the result and go, yeah, I want to go there. This is the third year the festival has run and it's attracted hundreds and hundreds of people from Australia, the United States, the UK, Switzerland, China, all over the place people have gone. And I've actually had a cheeky look at our stats and we actually have a few listeners in Thailand. So maybe you guys will become the first locals to ever attend the festival. So just to recap, the Koh Samui International Podcast Festival is from June 11 to 16. It's on in the heart of the Australian winter. So if you want to get away to an island paradise and hang out with us and a bunch of other podcast listeners on the beach, head to dogoonpod.com and get in contact with us if you have any questions. Man, we are excited. We hope to see you in Thailand. Now on with the show. Hello and welcome to another episode of Do Go On. My name is Dave Warnicky and I'm here with Jess Perkins and Matt Stewart. Oh, hello. We're doing a podcast now. Yeah, I, re- I didn't give you enough notice. Sorry about that. I Sometimes thought we were getting mani pedis and, ma- yeah. and best friend massages. Yeah, um, we've got uh, the portable recorder out. Yes. I thought we were having a little best friend pamper day. Yeah. I've, got, I've got Aaron working my toes. Aaron. Christina on, my, on both of my hands. Well done, Christina. Both hands. Yeah. Good job. One she, at a time? Or? she the masseuse or the Manny Petty man? Uh, she's very qualified. Which Overly is, qualified. Yeah, which one's which? Manny is uh, the masseuse. It's the child. And Petty, I think she's getting the drinks. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I was going to say Manny is the child of modern family. True. <laughs> but what are what we talking then? about? What's I just happened? Said, <laughs> I just said, it's the child. And then Matt kept moving and I'm like, if I don't explain this, it's going to sound really strange. Manny, someone, that's the child. Someone out there would be like, what's happened today? Yeah, why is he? Is so, he okay? Uh, I am, the but I need to explain. is no. He's but, not okay. But great to be pampered. Yeah, yeah. we ne- we deserved it. I didn't even notice them in here. I thought we were going to do a train where... Um, Someone was the front one, and then someone was the middle, and then someone was at the back. You don't low. want to be the back one. No, unless you're completing a circle. And I don't think three makes We a don't circle. have enough, yeah. That would be enough. a triangle. That would be What un- shape's this, Dave? Triangle. <laughs> <laughs> Very good, Bart. <laughs> Such good stuff. Now, before we get into the episode, we should tell you, good people of Adelaide, we are coming to your fine city next month, just a couple of weekends now. March 10th we'll be there hanging out, doing a live show. Sunday afternoon, going to be a great time. Sipping on a red at the National Wine Centre. Nothing, I was going to say, local about that place. Well, they're just so close to the Barossa with the famous big-bodied reds, mm. you know. Mm, strawberry notes. The f- Oaky. The inf- the infamous Penfolds Grange. Oaky. Oaky. I'd describe it that way. Strawberry notes. I used to work in a bottle shop and I sold a couple of them and they did look oaky. Ah. Never got to try one in terms of taste, but sure. I did get to touch one and it felt oaky. Well, glass, glassy. Yeah, okay. Yeah. But sometimes a, a well-treated oak mm. can feel like glass. Yeah. If That's... you smooth that baby down enough, sand it down to a nub. Yeah, 
delicious nub. And then throw that out and put the wine in a glass bottle. Yeah. Then that's a process. That's Everyone how works feel. a process. That's Gary Penfold's head of the Penfold family. <laughs> That's, That's how he process. works. Yeah. We can try Gary's Nub at the venue. That's what we're talking about at the National Wine Centre in Adelaide on Sunday, March 10. And also in that same venue for even more t- time, a couple of weeks worth. Oh, yes. I'm there doing the bone dry show, um, which in part talks about how I didn't drink alcohol for the majority of the year. So you're going to cut loose yes. with the Nub. I've already had one beer since I've been back on it. And holy moly. How was it? It felt it felt and tasted good. Did your taste buds just explode? Yeah, it really did. It was just a, it was kind of a, what I was told was a subtle pale ale mm. and it felt big to me. Was it, do you, do you make the noise that my dad makes every time he takes a sip of his Bundy and Coke, <laughs> his first Bundy and Coke of the evening? He does this, he takes a sip and he goes, oh, you no, know? I don't, well, I don't. I don't think so. That's a John. Huh. That's a John specific noise. Interesting. Johnny P can only make that, and obviously Jesse P. Uh only when mimicking. Yeah. Then I do it. I take a sip of a drink. And go. Mmm. <laughs> I do that for a bit. I do a little dance or I wiggle. Yep. And uh, great on a first date, you are. Yeah. Bring the drinks out. Mmm. <laughs> what I what I and say and they go is, check please. <laughs> I normally say mmm mmm. Enjoying this responsibly. Yeah. <laughs> That's what I say in case any kids are around. Yeah, good. <laughs> every time. Yeah. Every sip. Every time. Manny, you never know where Manny's going to be. Know. Manny, at your heels. Manny is a child. Yeah. <laughs> Context. It's, it, it was provided. Manny is a kid. <laughs> yeah, you know, he's been a good kid of mine. What a way to find out, Bob. You got a kid called Manny. Called Manny. I know. I didn't. I Short didn't... for Manuel. Manfred. Oh, Manfred. Great mm. name. Great mm. name. Well yeah. done. He's a good boy. Is he? He's a dog. <laughs> what? <laughs> no, he's just a good boy. You got a fur baby. <laughs> or you got a skin dog. Skin dog. Yeah, it's an Alistair Trombo virtual bit. <laughs> is it? I think it is. I think he said it to Anyway, can you edit that out? That's doable. <laughs> oh, it's doable. <laughs> One of the best. All right, let's crack in, uh, crack in, crack on with the show. Crack in and on and around. And the one that's cracking and up, the one that's cracking in the most this week is you, Jess, because it is your turn to report on a topic. Yep, this is what we do here. We take it in turns. Often the topic is suggested by a listener. Matt and I have no idea what you're going to tell us all about. Pronounce matinee. <laughs> and this has been suggested by many listeners. And my question to you is: Oh, popular. Who was the tallest cast member oh, Larry Bird. on the 1987 film The Princess Bride? Andre oh. the Giant? <laughs> yes. Oh. <laughs> Andre the Giant, we hardly knew you. <laughs> really? This is a big, this is a big uh, topic. Pun intended or? No. <laughs> oh, pun king, losing your edge. <laughs> Come on, mate. I it really is. thought you were going to ask the tallest cast member on uh, Space Jam, but... Not to be. And who would that have been? One of the monsters? Oh, well, yeah. I was hoping for Larry Bird, but it was probably someone else, to be honest. A lot of tall people in that movie. That's a little known fact. Space Jam had a lot of tall actors. Really? Mm. Yeah. You hear all about that on our Space Jam episode. Yes. We've done an episode on Space Jam. Yeah. <laughs> We're great. But Andre the Giant, <laughs> that's very exciting. Yes. So he's been suggested by lots of people, uh, and I put it to, uh, to our Patreon to vote on, and it was... Uh, 
A landslide. Were they all big people? Yeah, was it which giant actor would you like to hear a report on? No, this one was, funnily enough, it wasn't that question. This one was actually just a lucky dip and I just, I blindly picked well, out of the hat. odds are, if you're going to do a lucky dip, you're going to pick out someone big, aren't you? Yeah. Because they're taking up more space in the box. Yeah, so that does make sense that yeah. he's in there. I don't have any explanation You wouldn't have picked up an ant or something. Mm. What are Adam- the odds of you picking an ant out of a lucky yeah. dip? Good oh. luck, Adam Ant. Yeah. Could. Like an atom. Yeah, atomant. Or Atomantium. a grain of sand. Yeah. Mm. Imagine, oh, you should do a report on a grain of sand one day. I, I haven't even done this one and you're already well, telling yes. me what to do. I reckon you've always got to look ahead. <laughs> Don't get bogged down in the present. No, you're right. I'm sick of all this mindfulness. Let's look forward all the time. Yeah. Never look back, never look Fuck down. The moment. Always look out. The present look out. sucks. <laughs> yeah. Always look out because the future sucks. (laughs) The past generally sucks. Mm. The present's average. Yeah, that's why they call it a gift (laughs) that you hate and you want to return. (laughs) Get out of here, time. Yeah. (laughs) I hate you. Hope you kept your receipt. (laughs) It's junk. I want a refund for this time. Time. (laughs) Current time. All right, so this has been suggested by you're going to love this so much. Luigi <laughs> Delos Reyes. Ah. Are you not done yet? That's Luigi's name. Oh, right. I thought it was Delos Reyes, Carlos Amigo. No. A one or two, a three, four. He's, uh, okay. I'm pretty sure, a Patreon who we recently, he dubbed himself uh, Second Mario. No, the yeah. Green oh, Mario. That's right, because yes, he lent into right. it. Lent into I Luigi, love that. Lean in. Which we love. Go with it. It's also been suggested by Braden Thompson, Mackenzie Fraser, Cool. Lisa Honeyford. Oh. Mackenzie Fraser, phrasing the bar. Good. And oh. Kevin Packrad as well. Oh. He is, I reckon he must have had more topics get up than anyone else. Yeah, he's had a few, but he makes good suggestions yeah. um, and popular ones. Maybe that's it, you know, because yeah. it's in the hat more. Oh, popular vote. More likely yeah, right. to get. He's your sort of, he's your popular He's a sheep. Politician. <laughs> yeah. He's your, hey, I'll, I'll get a deep fryer in the canteen kind of. Year 12 candidates. Yeah, they walk straight off stage and the teacher's like, you know, we can't do that. (laughs) We probably can, but we won't. We won't be doing that. Okay. Yeah, missed. All right. Yeah, well, we'll see you in SRC meeting and we'll discuss further. I'm sure I've told you about the guy at my high school who, when I was in year seven, he said all all he promised was, if if you vote me as school captain, I'll grow an afro. (laughs) He won. And he grew a really sweet afro. Oh, that's oh, great. Oh, man. Kids great are campaign. the best. <laughs> so there were probably other people like really qualified, like, oh, I love, you know, I love the community. I want to do all this kind of stuff. He's like, yeah, I'll get an afro. <laughs> cool. Dad. And everyone's like, this guy rules. And he did it, though. I love that yeah. he followed through. So many politicians don't. And so many schools would have rigged that election so that that guy did not well, by the time I got to year 12, the teachers just chose. You weren't allowed to vote anymore. Ah, You lost that right from the Afro guy. Yeah, the Afro guy. He, because he, he got high. It, ruined it for everyone <laughs> because he got high. That is good stuff. All right. Do you want to know about Andre the Giant? I'd love to know. I'd love to. Okay. <laughs> Seriously, I, I'm a wrestling fan. Well. I forget he's a wrestler and actor. He's a double threat. He's the... Modern day rock from the past. Yeah. He's a real giant of his the field. The modern day rock yep. who is still quite active. Yes. 
of the past. Right. Oh, you meant the rock. Yes. Right. I thought you just meant a rock. <laughs> He's a rock. A rock from Beastie Boys. Oh, boy. Okay, so... That's Ad-Rock. That's Ad-Rock. Sorry. Boris and Marianne Rusimov migrated to France, settling in Molière, which is around an hour out of Paris. Boris was originally Bulgarian and Marianne was Polish. And in May of 1946, they had a son named Andre. Um, he was one of five kids and the family spent a lot of time on Boris's farm as he was growing up. And I read a few different ages, but somewhere between the age of 12 and 15 was when Andre started to really grow. Right, so he's not like a giant baby. No, 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 pretty like uh, an average size kid. So there's chance for me yet to become a giant. <laughs> Are you past 15? Well, well in some not, ways. Not yeah. kilos. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, 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 that's right. Anytime now. Yeah, you're getting there, buddy. Um. Yeah, so some reports said by the age of like 12 he was already six foot tall. Others said, it, but I'm going to trust his family because there's an interview with his brother saying when he was about 15 he started to really grow and grow very rapidly. And his mother at one point, yeah, she was worried he wouldn't stop. Um, <laughs> he can't be stopped. He's, he's just going. But, yeah, apparently he'd reached six foot three or 191 centimetres, and a weight of 94 kilos or 208 pounds by the age of 12. Whoa. So that's a very tall 12-year-old. Yeah, and also makes his brother seem like he's not paying much attention. He's like three years later, he goes, <laughs> whoa, he's shut up. Yeah. Have you had a buddy look at your Who's brother? Who's this? Who's this? Who's <laughs> this big guy? His head's through the ceiling in the living room. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Have you spoken to your brother in three years? <laughs> No, but I've got some bullies I'd like him to talk to. <laughs> I don't think I could tell you much about my brother's teen years, to be honest. But I was seven years behind. I was too busy. Mm. I had Barbies well, to attend to. Too busy catching up. Bar- yeah. Like barbecues. Yeah. I was a real social butterfly. Yeah, right. I love to host. Mm. <laughs> I love to host. Mm. Flipping burgers at age six. Yeah, I love just like topping up people's drinks, having half conversations with them and then excusing myself to go check on the potato Good salad. to see you. We should catch up again soon. Let's do yeah. this again. Oh, hang on. Just got to check on Dad on the barbecue. You know what he's like. <laughs> oh. so everything's always charcoal. It really is. Anyway. My dad um, too. So he's very tall at a very young age. He was a pretty good student. Um, but he dropped out of school in eighth grade because he didn't think a high school education was necessary for someone doing farm labour. That's what right. he was basically going to be doing. I'm a giant. I don't need to be here. I'm a giant. According to his I'm brother. I'm a giant in the field. <laughs> that's when he was doing the farm work. Ah, he's a giant in the field. Yeah, but it's also that's like a term people use about people who are good at, you know, say mathematics. Oh, so you were sort of doing like a bit of a... It's a double a... entendre. Oh. No, is, it, is that an entendre? Or does it have to be sexual to be an entendre? <laughs> I believe it's a pun. No, I don't know about that. <laughs> what are you doing a pun? A bit of wordplay, sure. Yeah. Well, in a way... In a way, puns are wordplay. They are the ultimate wordplay. Yeah. That's right. Ultimate. And you're it's a giant so to... in the field <laughs> of puns. It is really good to learn about puns from you too because you have a, you've got a big knowledge on them. Hey, we're not pun royalty like you. I'm still, I'm learning, I'm learning what they mean. Dave's a little pun prince. Thank you. I'm a little pun princess. We love it. You're our pun king. We bow down low to thee. I'm the punk king. That's right. I'm a bad. Stop (laughs) hating your role as pun king so much. Um, Let me come up with a great pun before the end of the episode. All right, cool. I'm sure you'll naturally will. Can you actually, because I genuinely don't fully know what it means, can you distill the definition of pun? 
It is. It's, just, it's essentially a play on words. Play on words. Okay. I'll do one of them. I am, I do that. I do do them sometimes. You do do them all the time. All the time is a stretch. You play with words constantly. That's your art. <laughs> Don't be ashamed of that. Yeah, I've got some alphabet blocks at home. And you play with them. You love it. It's how he learns. I built a word the other day. Bar. It's what the sheep says. <laughs> how many A's did you put in? Seven. Good. You had seven A's in that alphabet? Uh-huh. Do you have? Do you buy seven sets of the alphabet? Well, I don't know what an A looks like. I just put seven <laughs> blocks together. Shim that A's. Can you count to seven? Yeah. One, seven, okay. done. Two. He put two down. Okay. <laughs> anyway, so, uh, yeah, he's, he's dropped out of school because he's like, oh, I'm just, just going to be a labourer. According to his brother Jacques, he could perform the work of three men on the farm. He's so strong. Oh, what an artist. Performing. Mm. <laughs> and But what they didn't mention, it wasn't strength-based work that he could do three of. He was able to milk three cows at once. Yeah. He had... Really big gaps between his fingers. One hand. Yep. Just bang, bang, like this. Yep. <laughs> they also had tiny cows. Why is he spitting on a cow? <laughs> That's the process. <laughs> Gotta hoik don't up. question the process, hoik Dave. It up. I'm, I'm just You're a city learn. kid. I know. I'm not a man of the field. You don't know anything about cows I or milking the them. Come on, mate. lived in the country for the first five years of my life. The most formative yes. in farming. Mm. Those are the big farming years. Yeah. Beyond that, you're useless on a farm. Yep. So he, um, Andre started playing soccer when he was about 11 years old. He was quite an active kid. Uh, he said he played for four or five years before he changed to playing rugby instead. And as part of his rugby, imagine him coming at you on a rugby field far out. Um, while he was sort of training as part of his rugby training, he'd go to the gym to work out where he met a lot of men who were, who were training and they were wrestlers and he used to kind of train with the wrestlers and he befriended a lot of them. And one night one of the wrestlers was injured or sick and Andre was asked to fill in and that's kind of how the whole thing started. Right. They're like, we need a really big kid. Yeah. He's like, I don't know how to wrestle. And they were like, we do. Come and give it a try. And so he did. And at the age of 18... Um, uh, he moved to Paris and he was taught professional wrestling by a local promoter who recognised the earning potential of a man of Andre's size. He was like, this guy's going to make us some cash. Um, he trained at night and he worked as a mover during the day to pay his living expenses. Right. I want him moving my piano. Yeah, On his own. Yeah, just picks it up. Oh, so good. Because he's got that deft touch. Yeah, he's gentle. Yeah. Gentle giant. So how tall are we talking at this age? Well, uh, in 1966, at about 20 years old, he was already about 6 foot 9 or 6 foot 10. Wow. He wasn't finished growing yet. I don't think I've ever met anyone that tall. No. What is that in centimetres? Over two. Over 200. That's pretty tall. Or closing in on two at least. Spider Everett, he is 201, I think. That's tall. AFL player? AFL. But the the tallest ever AFL, I think, is like 218 centimetres. Wow. It's huge. But Andre's not finished growing yet. Uh, and he was around 380 pounds, so 170 kilos. And this is when he's 20. And he's, I've seen this footage of him training, and he's like obviously very tall, but he's really skinny. Like he's really slim. Huh. He's not finished growing yet. So the man that you're imagining, he's just like a third of the size. He's tiny. Wow. Yeah. 
Um, so originally when he started wrestling, he was billed as uh, uh, Jean Ferry, uh, which was based on the, a French folk hero, and uh, and he began wrestling in Paris and, and surrounding areas. And the character's backstory, because you know how they all have backstories in wrestling, he was a lumberjack yeah. who was discovered in the woods lumberjacking. <laughs> and he would does lumber. That, what does that mean? Lumberjack. Jack, jerking off a tree. Yeah. Yeah. Lumberjacking it. Oh, right. Gotcha. Yeah. <laughs> and he would just lumberjack by day. Was and, that a pun? Wrestle by night. Essentially, yes. <laughs> I did it. Well done. Thank you. Good job. Feels good, man. Wordplay. You feel alive? Yeah. Yeah. Good for you. You deserve this. I really don't think I understood what a pun was. <laughs> Which is weird because you're the king of them. Yeah. That is confusing. Mm. Um, a uh, guy called Frank Valios, who was a wrestler and promoter from Canada, met Andre very early on in his wrestling career uh, around this time in 1966, and he became his advisor and business manager. And Andre began making a name for himself wrestling in the UK, Germany, here in Australia, New Zealand, and Africa. He's traveling all over the world. Right, wrestling. even as a young, young man. Yeah. Um, he made his Japanese debut in 1970. He was billed then as Monster Ruzimov. He went by lots of different names at different times. Um, so, yeah, he's, he's the monster in Japan. In 1974, he wrestled for the first time in North America where he made his debut in Canada and he was advertised as being 7 foot 4, 390 pounds and the giant from the French Alps because it had to be somewhere that, uh, like, Northern American audiences could like if you just say he's from Molière, they'd be like, "Where the where is that? What does that so, mean?" So they said the French Alps. Just keep just he's a giant from the Alps, and they're like, "Ooh, mm-hmm. so interesting and <laughs> mystical." Um, their company who were putting on the shows they were called Grand Prix Wrestling, and they were selling out shows five nights a week all over the country. People are paying a lot of money to come and see him. I watched this amazing uh, documentary that came out towards the end of last year called Andre the Giant. I love that. Simple. And is that all part of the title? Yeah, it's called Andre the Giant. I love that. Simple. Is that like a quote from him or? No. Oh, okay. It's a quote from me. Oh. They consulted me on it. Wow. It's called that... Andre the Giant. And that was your favorite, the one that you consulted on. Hmm. Seems a bit like. What? Eh, just a bit cocky. Bit mm. up, bit up yourself, really. Maybe. How so? What? What? You know. What? Who? You. Me. Yeah. Mate. Oh. Dave's furious. You were looking at Dave for backup there and he was not interested in helping you. No, I was looking at Dave to see what was what he was up to and he just looked angry. Sorry, I, had some, I think I got something in my eye. Oh. Is it rage? Nothing. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> wow, can't get it out. Is it pure, unadulterated rage? Mm. Mm. Simple. I have that effect. Anyway, so there's this uh, this doco that I watched and uh, it's it's excellent. Oh, it's on. It was HBO, you know. Great television. And there was a guy named David Shoemaker who was a wrestling historian. That's his job. So cool. Um, he made the comment that wrestling was uh, wrestling comes out of circus sideshows. And in a lot of way, Andre was a sideshow spectacle. This is a quote from him. He said, anybody would pay a quarter to line up to see him, but you don't go back a second or a third time. So at a certain point, the move with a wrestler like Andre is to move on, to migrate to a different territory, to try greener pastures. So basically there was like there'd be a huge rush of people to come and see the show, but then they've seen it and they don't need to see it again. 
So he just had to keep moving around. It's interesting. Why, why is that different to any other wrestler? He hadn't know, built maybe, up a character, a, a well, compelling character as yet or something? Maybe it's not so much about the character. I think people were just interested in the novelty of his size. Right. So once you've seen that, you're like, well, Whereas I've seen it. If you go see Stone Cold Steve Austin, you're like, yeah, this novelty's never going to wear off. Look, he's got a bald head. Well, he's going to drink beer all day. <laughs> and he crashes, he smashes beers. Could watch that again and again. Again and again. <laughs> but I've him. seen the big one. Yeah. I've seen the big one. You know? So he just starts moving around. And in the 70s in the US, wrestling was very territorial. There was dozens of separate territories running their own programs with their own stars. And TV stations were more localised. There wasn't national TV like we're used to now. So your audience was only as big as your TV station reached. Right. We touched on this a little bit mm. back in the Montreal Screwjob episode. Yeah. People do like hearing about wrestling. There's a bit of a, a bit of crossover here as well. But, yeah, so just, just to recap in case you haven't heard that one, um, it, there was rather than just like big organisations, there was like lots and lots of smaller ones. And um, while travelling around the States, Andre was billed as a few different names. At one stage he was the Polish giant. Because of his mum. I guess. Um, Andre the Giant Frenchman. Because of his... Frenchness. Frenchness. <laughs> or just by his actual name because of his... Name. Birth certificate. Birth certificate. <laughs> right. The first time he was billed as Andre the Giant, though, the name that would stick with him throughout his entire career was in Chicago. And ah, he would... Chicago. Chicago. The Windy, the Windy City. City. <laughs> <laughs> He would uh, circulate through the various territories in the US, performing for six or seven weeks, and then move on to the next territory. He was just traveling around all the time. Um, Vince McMahon, senior, was a powerful figure in, figure in wrestling in those days, and he ran the large uh, New York territory. And he heard about Andre, and he met him, and they hit it off. And Vince started booking Andre for his shows. And this is great. There's a guy on the documentary called uh, Dr. Terry Todd. Terry Todd. He was a journalist at the time and he heard about uh, Andre and he was fascinated. He wanted to interview him and uh, and learn about, quote, what it's like to live in a world that's not made for him. <laughs> and there's this famous photo of their hands next to each other and the difference is insane because Andre is like easily double the size. And uh, Dr. Todd said that, uh, Andre's hands are approximately as wide as that of a gorilla. Like he's just the, even just the, like, his now you're talking fingers. my language. Yeah, I forget. I literally put that in there thinking matter like this. Thank you so much. Because I, yeah, I don't actually see things in human hands. Yeah. If you want to tell me how big someone's hand is, well, what, what are we talking? Like a marmoset or a, <laughs> like a tamarind? Or what would we... this be, do you reckon? My hand. Uh, your hand is like a baby bonobo. Yeah, I do have little baby bonobo hands. Yeah. I think I've got a large lemur's paw. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. But not tell? Andre. Yeah, with your sort of clawish hands, Dave. Yes. Like. He's always ready to pounce. Always ready to, and as we, as you know, listeners to primates would know, uh, lemurs, they like to have stink-offs, and uh, Dave uh-huh. is involved in that too. I'm ready what's, to stink. What's a stink-off involve? They sort of, they um, they pad their hands on their tails, getting scent, and they'll they'll fight. I'll have stink wars. Cool. I've never lost a stink war. <laughs> Undefeated. Really? Yeah, it's amazing, isn't it? You're the stinkiest. Oh, yeah. Congratulations. Yep. That's very cool. Well, that's why he's here today. 
That's why I spent most of the day boning on the top of a cactus, as we know the winners get to do. Oh, fun! On top of a cactus, you could choose anywhere to go. Yeah. You want to you want to keep up the charade of how how much of a badass you are. Yeah. So you bone on, so you can't even enjoy it. Oh, absolutely not! <laughs> You're on a cactus. It's all for show. Yeah, it's like wrestling in a way. Ah, now I get it. People yeah. like to watch. Okay. Um, in a in a sort of one off. Weird event. In 1976, Andre fought professional boxer Chuck Wepner in an unscripted boxer versus wrestler fight. The fight ended when Andre threw Wepner over the top rope and outside the ring and won via a countout. Just chucked him. And that was unscripted. Unscripted. Just threw him. Whoa. It's pretty wild. Um, and during this time, there were wrestling magazines that chronicled very what the various territories of wrestling. So even if people hadn't seen Andre, they'd heard of him. They might have seen pictures about him on the magazine, and and so they've got it. Sort of built this excitement and this intrigue, and and it really helped sell tickets when Andre was coming to town. And word of mouth was huge in this era as well. So you'd hear rumors and stories, and be so excited and interested to see them in the flesh. So that's kind of how it kind of built a lot of buzz. And Hulk Hogan, who, by the way, from this documentary, seems like an absolute sweetie. Really? He's so cute. Really? Terry. Terry. His real name is Terry. Do you mean Hulk? Hulk Hogan. Hulk Hogan. His name's Terry. He... It always makes me laugh. Hey, brother. (laughs) Hey, Terry. (laughs) Hi, Terry. He... Look, I've done zero research on Hulk Hogan. But just based on this documentary, he seems like a cutie I think, patootie. I think I want to hear a Hulk Hogan report in the future. Yes. I think it's in the hat. I'm sure it is. But um, we're not talking about him right now. But he does come up a bit in this one. I saw him wrestle once. Did you? Real cool. Did By the you? way, it was my dad when the WWF came to town when I was 12. And because my dad had been a fan since he was a kid and Hulk Hogan's been wrestling that long, mm. we both got to see Hulk Hogan. That's oh, that's cool. pretty cool. Was that a nice bonding moment? Yes. What did Hulk Hogan do? Kicked ass. That sounds about right. <laughs> that does sound about right. Was he a heel or a face at that stage? Because he's one. He's switched around a lot. Yeah, yeah. No, he was back to being the goodie, back in the red and yellow. He was a villain. He was a heel uh, originally with Andre because Andre was the face. Right. Because you couldn't, you couldn't really defeat Andre to then make him a heel fighting for the. His title again because, like, it was, it was never all that believable that people could beat him. Right. So they just kept him on top. Ah. Anyway, so Hulk Hogan says this of Andre. He said, this is a place for entertainers, not tough guys. And anyone who thought they were a tough guy, Andre straightened them out real quick. Because he was, like, he was a gentle giant. He was a real team player from what his fellow wrestlers say about him. Um, he would sell his opponent, which means he'd, go along with their actions and moves, reacting as if they'd hurt him. He'd, he'd make them look good. Yeah. He'd always sell his opponent. But for the most part, the understanding was that while he would sell his opponent, he would always win. Right. <laughs> so he'd be like, yeah, no, no, you got a couple of good hits in there, but I'm going to magically come back. Um, but, but this is all scripted, right? Oh, yeah, it's all sort of planned. I don't, I don't know how meticulously rehearsed and scripted it is, but they definitely all knew what was going to happen. What's the term again? Mofo? Kofo? Uh, ma- ca- K-fabe. 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 K-fabe babe. K-fabe babe. <sighs> yeah. I was so proud that I remembered. Um, did that come up in this report? Do you remember from the Montreal Screwjob? I just remember from Montreal. It didn't really come up in this one. 
Um, so the, basically, if you haven't heard, that means the the storyline. And it's yeah. kind of like the pretense that it's all real. Yeah, yeah. So you keep it going even when you're off stage. Yeah. So even when air- they're... if you bust him in an airport, you're like, oh, you don't want to be seen talking to Hulk Hogan if he's a bad guy. Yeah, Hulk Hogan and Andre the Giant couldn't be seen like at a restaurant having dinner, just as mates. Unless and one of them's a- throwing the table. Yeah. As as someone comes up coming. and goes, "Hey, Dave, don't you guys hate each other? Damn right. You have, to, you have to trust the restaurant." And then you send the bills to Vince McMahon Senior and say, "Sorry, but it was kayfabe." <laughs> Sorry. Sorry, babe. Kayfabe, babe. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, yeah, he was. Uh, he was a team player. He took care of his fellow performers. He was very proud that he didn't actually ever hurt his opponents. But there were definitely performers that he didn't like and he was known to be less of a team player with them. Um, for example, he hated Randy Savage. He just hated him. and he hated, oh, In real life? Yeah. Oh. And he hated baby oil. For some reason, he just hated baby oil and Randy Savage used a lot of baby oil. Uh, I, right. say, I, mean, I thought baby oil was a wrestler. Yeah, name. me too. So, <laughs> so you, no, the you, oil. For babies. Randy, Randy Savage, also known as Macho Man. Yes. Would cover himself in baby oil. Yeah. What a Macho Man. And Andre hated him and he didn't like him and there would be a few times. This is all through Hulk Hogan talking. There was a few times that uh, Randy would sort of be in the ring with Andre and Hulk Hogan would be watching like, oh, man, he's going to kill him because Andre would be like really rough with him. All right. Like, And this isn't, this isn't kayfabe. This is all. Genuinely real... didn't like him. Right. And same with the Iron Sheik. He really didn't like the Iron Sheik very much either. I think it was anybody who was really like... Um, Covered in baby oil? Yeah. <laughs> he didn't like loud mouths, like anybody who was too showy, which like I suppose wrestlers. is all part... I know, it's so weird, but these two in particular just really got on his nerves yeah, and Yeah, and upstage, you go backstage and be like, hey, man, that how are you? Yeah. I obviously am not like that. But maybe some of them are. Yeah. Maybe they're the ones he doesn't like, the he ones like that don't them. really drop it. Backstage, he is genuinely still covered in baby oil. It's like, oh. There's not a moment that a macho man is not covered in baby oil. <laughs> yeah. They're all going to the pub after. It's like, hang on, my baby oil's dried out. Yeah, well, well. Your actions may be acting, but that baby oil is real <laughs> and it's all over me. Yeah. And I'm I slippery. It. I can't get a grip on anything. I can't get it out of cotton. Yeah. It's in all of my shirts. That's right. Unbelievable. Um, there was also another wrestler called Big John Studd. Do you know Big John Studd? I don't think I know Big John Studd. He was about six foot ten. He was about three fifty pounds. So he was another big guy. Andre was still bigger, but this guy was big. Hence the name Big John Studd. Right. Um, and Andre didn't like that Big Big John Studd was also billed as a big guy, and he liked being <laughs> the giant among giants. But that's he was like, it. it's my thing. He's medium man stud. Come on. Come on. He's like a mid stud. That seems pretty silly. I know, but he also really didn't like that John would, he would enter the ring by stepping over the top rope, which is what Andre did, because right. the others sort of obviously go through the middle because they're not seven foot tall. Yeah, their legs aren't physically big enough. But Andre would just sort of very easily step over it, and Big John did that too, and, he, and Andre didn't like that because it like he didn't respect <laughs> that it was his thing. That's funny. It's like, hey, you know that thing that I do just because it's easier, and you obviously are in the same boat because you're a similarly sized me? Well, I don't like it. You hurt your back <laughs> and go under that rope. Come on. It's hey, my thing. It's my thing. You know how I drive a car? That's me. Yeah. Now there's all these other people driving cars on the road. That's my thing. No, I eat cornflakes. <laughs> me. <laughs> that's my thing. <laughs> the only thing I won't do is cover myself in baby oil. Yeah, yeah. that's rant, Savage's thing. Yeah. Hey, if you want to do that, Big John, go for it. Go for it, please. Steal his thing. Take that up with Randy But Savage. do not steal my things. So you get it. Put the baby oil on and then just slide in under the ropes. <laughs> yeah. Slip and slide. Fun. Easy. Slip and slide in and then keep going up to the other side. <laughs> like a baby seal. Yeah. 
all the way all out. Fully the grown seal. <laughs> yeah, they all slide. All penguins. Oh, they like, do it a bit too. Oh man, it looks so fun when they oh. do that off the ice and sort of jump in. Whoop. Yeah. Love that. I love that. And I also like that because I hate sort of wading into a pool or wading into the ocean because it's like, oh, cold. Ooh, ooh, yeah. Dude, are you cold. a runner? You run Yeah, got to. Otherwise, it, I won't. I just won't make it. Rip the band-aid off. Yeah, I just have to sprint until I fall over or jump into a pool. <laughs> That's a funny image. <laughs> <laughs> That's literally what I do. It's not attractive. Arms and legs everywhere. Yeah, just flailing. Sometimes I don't even get to the water when I fall over. <laughs> <laughs> uh, a beach day with Jess. <laughs> <laughs> Tumbling down the sand. All my friends are like, oh, she's fun. There she goes again. Off she goes. Oh, it's good fun coming to the beach with Jess. <laughs> Jess, we're just going to go over here and play some volleyball. You good just having a tumble? You're good? All right. I feel like you're wrapped up in a towel with a bucket and spade hanging out and <laughs> cobwebs in your hair for some reason. <laughs> beach cobwebs. Seaweed. <laughs> Seaweed, okay. <laughs> yeah. That's what they're called. Oh, okay. Um, so basically... Uh, he was he was gentle. He was very friendly, but he did have a bit of a fiery side as well. And if he didn't like you, he, you knew. But for the most part, he was very nice. So Big John knew he didn't like. Him. Oh yeah, he feared him, but that's okay. Um, throughout the early to mid eighties, Andre and Big John Stud fought all over the world, battling to try to determine who was the real giant of wrestling. Um, do you do you get the feeling that Andre is physically taller? He is. He definitely is. All right. Well, he's the real giant then. Yeah. So, do, but do you get the feeling? I do get the feeling mostly from looking at pictures and being able to tell because Big John was 6 foot 10, Andre's about 7 4. Oh, it's not even close. Yeah. Wow, he's half a foot taller. Yeah, it's quite a bit <laughs> Big taller. Big John stud, more like little John dud. And probably about 100 <laughs> pounds a pun? more as well. It's not quite a pun, yeah. is, it? is it? Or is that a pun? Yeah. <sighs> Everything's a pun. <laughs> if you believe. <laughs> So here's a couple of examples of fights that uh, Big John and Andre had. So in 1984, uh, Big John Stud took the feud to a new level when he partnered uh, Ken Patera and they knocked out Andre during a televised tag team match and proceeded to cut off Andre's hair. Ooh. Is this scripted? I think so, but that was that's weird. That's good. I bet that would have got people talking. Yeah. <gasps> they gave him a haircut. Haircut. He looks great. He looks so I love this new look. <laughs> oh, man. Big John starts trying to rebrand as the barber. Yeah. <laughs> the bloody I barber. Do you know what? I love a makeover show. Yeah. Oh, man. Oh, but if you can get Big wrestling involved. Yeah, even better. Oh, what about that? He makes people over surprise wrestle makeovers. So he'll take someone, um, wrestle them mm-hmm. uh, in a ring. Mm-hmm. He's picked them up in a sack from the side of the road they didn't know why were they in a sack well now he put them in the sack okay they weren't just hanging out in the no sack. they weren't hanging out they were walking their dog they, were having a, they, they didn't they, see this coming at all they weren't just having a fun time hanging out in their sack they had signed um release forms they weren't sure why uh-huh. someone someone said you want to be on tv they're like sure i'm confused of but of course and the <laughs> next thing they know they've been taken away in a sack wow then wrestling in a ring yep they get knocked out yep by big john stud and some other guy. Sure. Who cares who? Yeah. Probably little Johnny Weasley. Yeah, little Johnny Weasley. And they get in together and they take him down. And then they give him an undercut 
And it changes his life. He walks taller. Mm. He gets that promotion. Yeah. He gets that date that he's been after. <laughs> he wins a million dollars because, you know, when you put out those good vibes, lotteries start coming in. The secret. Yeah. Hey, you know it too? <laughs> Don't tell anyone. Dave doesn't know. There's not enough lottery to go around. Imagine if everyone secretly wishes for the lottery. We're going to have to split it millions of ways. Well, speaking of big stacks of cash, uh, Andre. Is that another wrestler? No, but that <laughs> would a great be a good wrestler. one. They call me big stacks of cash. Hey, I'm the big guy around here. I'm nah. the big stack here. <laughs> <laughs> Andre and, uh, and Big John Studd met in a body slam challenge at the first WrestleMania held the 31st of March, 1985 at Madison, Madison Square Gardens. Whoa. Um, Andre slammed Stud to win the match and collect $15,000 prize and then proceeded to throw cash to the fans. Wow. Oh, that is cool. <laughs> Can I ask? Is ca- Cash the wrestler big cash stack? <laughs> no, yeah, threw a big cash stack out in the fans. Currency, fan. currency. Oh, currency. Oh, is that another wrestler? Oh, God. <laughs> Johnny Currency? Any did, word can be a wrestler. You know Bing, Big John Stud? Yeah. For short, that'd be BJ's. Huh? Oh, I would. Hell yeah. Yeah. Big big BJ's. That's just big. Big John Stud. <laughs> that, that's how he's trying to big, piss big. off Andre. He calls himself Big Big John Stud. Yeah, you're just Andre the Giant. Whatever. Yawn. I'm Big Big John Stud. I'm Big Big John Stud Stud. <laughs> I'm sorry. Study Stud. Sorry if I sound naive here, but what is a body slam championship? Body sl- when they body slam you next. <laughs> Dave, you're the wrestling fan of the. I three. know. I've wrestling. just never seen. I've. Well, do you know the move body slam? Hell yeah. I reckon it's going to have something to do with that. I know this. Uh, I learned it from the Spice Girls. Slum your butter down and find a sort of brown. Slum your butter down and a zig Is that another wrestler? Yeah. Zig a zigar, yes. Zig a zigar. They're all a bit racist, a lot of the wrestling. Zig a zigar's a racist. Come on, mate. Think about zig a zigar. Oh, my God. I don't understand anything. Nothing makes sense anymore. So the following year at WrestleMania 2, they thought the first WrestleMania was so good. Let's do it again. Uh, Andre continued to display his dominance by winning a 20-man battle royale. Love it. Which featured top National Football League stars and wrestlers. Battle royale, for those who don't know, is when uh, all the players are in the one area and it slowly shrinks down Mm -hmm. until there is but one winner. And that winner was Andre. And he, the last person to be eliminated... Was Bret Hart, <gasps> Hitman? Hit yep, from the the legendary wrestling Hart family wow. and the Simpsons. You pitiful pencil neck geek. <laughs> this place is old man stink. <laughs> <laughs> um, that thing I said about the um, battle royale is that actually true? Yeah, so like okay. twenty of them in the ring, and then they just sort of fight. And each the ring other. physically shrinks. Ah. Uh, no, no, it does not do that. But oh, it shrinks. That'd be sick. It shrinks in the number of people that are in it. So I believe right. there are two types of things. Now they also have a thing called King of the Ring, where there's four people in the ring at any one time, and when someone gets thrown out of the ring, another person runs in. Oh, oh. fun! And it's the last man standing. I think they usually do that at WrestleMania these days, and the last person left at the end wins. But I think yeah, you're. I think you're right about a battle royale where there's everyone. It's just a melee. Basically. Yeah, that I've seen. Fun. I've seen some footage and like. You'll see little pockets of wrestlers fighting, and Andre like nobody's really keen to 
attack him. <laughs> they were kind of like, oh, God, can't I just take this smaller guy? And Andre's just like picking people up and throwing him. I it's think awesome. like Andre just sat in the corner for 25 minutes like, oh. until it was just him and Hitman left and Hitman's like, ah, oh, crap. He just sort of leaves. He just <laughs> yeah. leaves the ring. He goes, all right, Andre, catch you later. See ya. Bye-bye. In Andre's prime, he was known all over the world. Hulk Hogan said he transcended wrestling. It was so much more than just wrestling. He was world famous. Right. So he, he was probably the most famous wrestler then. Yeah. Bigger and than Hulk. Yeah, he was huge. And his life was traveling for wrestling. In Is that, one, that's hard work for a big man. In one year, he was on the road for 300 days. Whoa. Whoa. There's Hopefully not... he was getting first class treatment because economy class that size would be. You just couldn't do it, I don't couldn't. think. I don't think you could physically fit. Well, it's funny that you say that because my next sentence is about the logistics of being his size because travelling so much, you're in hotels, there's no beds that are big enough for him. There's no, you can't sit in a chair, cutlery's too small. Apparently he couldn't fit inside the toilets of aeroplanes. Yeah, so they I used, bet, yeah. Oh, just, no, what would they do? Just hose him down? No, they, they'd have, like pull a curtain around and he would relieve himself in a bucket and then they'd Which, empty that bucket into the toilet. I mean, the hose sounds probably like a better option. Almost. Big nappy? I don't know. But it's not. <laughs> Is that another wrestler? The big nappy. <laughs> but, yeah, it's just kind of like you don't even really think about the logistics of it, but even just like sitting in a chair was yeah. impossible. Everything would have to be custom made. Yeah. Apparently in his house, so like it's been really exaggerated some some people had sort of said that everything was custom made to his size but it's not necessarily the truth he had like a few bits and pieces he had a chair that was even when we're on a budget we still deserve nice things quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80 percent less than similar brands they have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at 50 dollars, luxurious italian leather bags and so much more plus Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365-day returns. This podcast is brought to you by Squarespace, the all-in-one website platform for entrepreneurs to stand out and succeed online. Whether it's your first ever website or your business is expanding, Squarespace makes it easy to create a beautiful website and engage with your audience. Upload video content, organize your video library and showcase your content on beautiful video pages. You can even sell access to your video library by adding a paywall to your content. Cha-ching. <laughs> you can help with written content on your website with Squarespace AI, which I used to write this next sentence, so check this out. Generate instant, personalised results that know and show your brand identity. Explain what your site is about, choose your tone, and enter what you need to get short or long-form text. Squarespace AI, Squarespace AI makes it easier to go live, stand out, and succeed online. Oh, Dave, if only it could also not just write it, but read it too. <laughs> And edit it. <laughs> hey, sell exclusive content on your site by adding a paywall to sell memberships or courses. Or sell files your customers can download like PDFs, music or ebooks. Man, it's starting to sound like I'm obsessed with money. <laughs> <laughs> and you are. So head to squarespace.com slash do go on for a free trial and to save 10% off your first purchase of a website or domain. In the doco, his brother shows a chair that he's, that their mum had specially made for him and it was Andre's chair. And it's like 
triple the size of a normal chair, but it's just it's his chair, which is really nice. But, yeah, you just couldn't. But he's travelling so much as well. Like he's travelling yeah. all year but he doesn't fit anywhere. It must have been so frustrating. Is that and is that a WWE thing, Dave or Jess, you know, what? with the, the world travel thing? Or was he fighting for well, lots of different places? Yeah, oh, these days it's more like because WWF E is the big one and there's also one in, you know, in Japan and things like that. But I think you like you stay with your code basically. Right. And but then, back then you'd jump around different ones? Yeah, because it sounds like that he was touring and wrestling night after night. But I think right. mostly in WWE now there's like SmackDown and Raw, I think well, they were the two main ones about 10 years ago. And that's like there's two events a week basically and you yeah. wrestle for one or the other Yeah, for most people. So you're wrestling one night a week. And sure, it might be Chicago one week and then right. Boston the next but week. But you could still be at home. Yeah. Yeah. So it was – he was around while it was changing when cable TV came in so that TV stations became more national. So then all these cable channels are trying to tap into all these markets so that they can show. So it became wrestling became a lot more national and so you weren't just only seen in one little area. You were seen all over the country. So it's kind of both by later in his career and that Vince McMahon was doing a lot and then he sort of passed it on to his son Vince McMahon, and then um, <laughs> Vince McBoy. <laughs> He's not yet a man. We would probably say McMahon, but right. they say McMahon, so I'm going to say McMahon. It's it's an M A H O N. McMahon. I would say McMahon, but they say McMahon. McMahon. Huh. McMahon. I even had to write McMahon next to it, so I didn't isn't say that, McMahon. Isn't that funny how different we are. I know. In 1987, Andre said to Vince McMahon Jr. that he was done. And when he said that, Vince knew that he didn't mean he was just done with wrestling, but Andre was done with living. His health deteriorated so much. Each move in wrestling was painful for him. He'd been advised by his doctors that he needed a back operation, but he'd always declined. Um, he's like, I just don't I don't want to go through it. There's all these stories as well, which are speculative, but about anaesthetists not being able to dose him properly to put him under because he was so large. Too big. Yeah. So they ended up sort of using his alcohol tolerance as a gauge as well. They'd be like, how many beers does it take to get you drunk? And they'd sort of figure it out. And then he was well. a legendary drinker, is that right? Yeah, I have a couple of fun facts about that at the end. There's a lot of stories, but hard to say which is true. Um, but, yeah, so I believe he did actually get the uh, – Vince convinced him to get the – surgery on his back and to come back for WrestleMania 3. He kind of wanted to give him something to to look forward to, to work towards because he was in so much pain and he was just kind of, he was done. Um, So the idea of WrestleMania 3 was that uh, Andre would fight Hulk Hogan and he would lose and that would sort of pass the torch to Hulk to be the crowd favourite to set him up to where he needed to be in his career to move forward. Okay. So... um, you should you should watch the part of the doco where Hulk talks about this because he tells it really well and it's really, really sweet. Um, but leading up to the match, Hulk Hogan was really nervous because any time he tried to speak to Andre about their plans for the match, Andre wouldn't really give him much. He'd yeah. be like, so um, what do you want to do, do out there? And Andre would be like, mm, I don't know. And then even at one point he was like, we good, we okay, boss? We, we going to be okay? And Andre was like, don't know. Like quite menacing. It was a bit scary. But Andre was super calm. Everybody else is really tense. Yeah, because they're the people that could probably get killed (laughs) by him. (laughs) He could could literally kill you out there. Eventually, 
Hulk Hogan sort of walks away, comes back with a play-by-play. He's written it down on like, you know, one of those yellow legal pads. He's written it down play-by-play of what the match should look like and he gave it to Andre and he left it at that. And then uh, so they go out, they enter the ring, there's 93,000 fans in the crowd and the match starts and out of nowhere Andre throws the first punch and Hulk blocks him, hits him twice and then they fall back together like they fall to the ground just as Hulk Hogan had planned it. So Andre's read it through and he's going through the steps of what Hulk had planned. The entire match was working around Andre's limitations. His back was so sore he could barely move and Hulk Hogan was doing everything he could to make the moves as easy for Andre as possible. It's all still looking very dramatic but Hulk Hogan's explaining it. Because at one point Andre has him in like a bear hug and he'd normally kind of pick him up off the ground and wave him around like a rag doll but Andre, he couldn't do it. He couldn't lift him and he couldn't bend. So he's holding him and Hulk Hogan's just kind of He's still like kind of playing dead, like he's looking like, oh, I've passed out, but he's standing up as straight as he possibly can so that Andre doesn't have to bend at all. Like it's so sweet that he's like, oh, I don't want him to hurt himself. (laughs) So he's standing up as straight as he can and uh, but he's still playing the part and then the ref lifts lifts Hulk's lifeless arm and he like if the arm falls down, then he does it again, and the arm falls down. Like he's he's done. And then the commentator says, if that arm falls down one more time, it's over. And funnily enough, he lifts his arm one more time and he has it raised up in a fist, and the crowd's like, Whoa, Hulk Hogan's gonna do it. So it's crazy. The match goes exactly as planned. <laughs> it's like I'm there. <laughs> <laughs> and Hulk Hogan says he he hears Andre yell, slam, meaning he wanted Hulk Hogan to body slam him. So he's like, all right. So he goes and so now Andre's calling the shots and he's like, here's how it's going to end. So he, he goes and body slams and, uh, and he hears. So he picks up Andre the Giant and throws him down. He picks up Andre the he Giant. He picked up Andre the Giant no and threw way. him. No way. So he's actually holding him. Yeah. Off the ground. Yeah. Whoa. Very temporarily, but he picks him up and chucks him down. Still. But you know with wrestling like. They're both doing a lot to get that move happening. So Andre... Yeah, but there would be nothing that you could do with me to get you me to hold a big man. No, what Andre is thinking, light thoughts. (laughs) Yeah. I am a cloud. I am a cloud. (laughs) (laughs) So he body slams him and then he hears Andre say leg drop. So he goes to do it. He goes to do that move thinking that Andre will kick back. He'll kick him off and they'll keep fighting. But he kind of lets it happen, and that's the move that solidifies Hulk the win. Right, so he pinned him. Yeah. And it's pretty wild. It's like an awesome – and the crowd's going absolutely insane, and and Andre had done all this trash talk at the start, like, I'm going to win tonight. So then he kind of walks off like, oh, no, he's all like mad and in shame. But it was all to plan. It's pretty cool. Um, and after this he did continue to wrestle, but not at the crazy frequency that he was before, obviously. Um, and he, he um, moved into – some other projects as well. Obviously, I've just picked up bits and pieces and I've tried to patch together a bit of a story. There's so much to his wrestling career. I've just sort of picked bits. But I also wanted to talk about his acting work because his acting debut for the US was playing a Sasquatch in a two-part episode aired in 1976 on the television series The Six Million Dollar Man. And there was a quote from um, that wrestling historian before who was like, before CGI, there was just Andre the Giant. <laughs> like it's just him with like some fake extra hair on his face and stuff. 
but it's still like you look at it you're like, yep, that's Andre the Giant. Oh, wow. <laughs> it's really cool. Um, and then he. They uh, did not have the technology. No. Which is a reference to the $6 million man where the tagline is, we have the technology. <laughs> Hell yeah. Yeah, Dave. Yeah, I did it. Woo! I did it. Is that, that a, a pun? Is that a pun? Is that a pun? Is that a pun? It's a reference. So not a pun. I'm so confused. Yeah, I don't. I, now I can't tell. <laughs> That's um, wordplay. Fuck, I can't. I think he's making it up. I don't think he knows. I'm not the pun king. He's the maths king. man. I'm not the pun king. You're the pun prince. Thank you. I'm learning every day. Um, Andre the Giant also appeared most notably as Fezzik in 1987's film Princess Bride and both the film and Andre's performance retain a devoted following. And his co-stars spoke very, very fondly of him as well. Billy Crystal's in this doco and he said he had a, that Andre had a wonderful sense of humour about himself but there was also a real sadness there as well. It's kind of bittersweet. And during the filming he was still in a lot of pain. There's a fight scene kind of early on with Wesley that Andre found incredibly difficult to perform, not because he wasn't strong enough but because his body was just giving up under the extreme weight and pressure of his size. So his back was really bad in particular, his knees, his ankles, everything was really sore. Um, and friends of him, uh, friends of Andre have stated that he was so proud of being in Princess Bride, he carried a copy of the movie everywhere he went and w- watched it whenever he could. Oh, that's awesome. <laughs> that is that is so a great lo- movie. It's so good. It's so lovely though. He's it got is. a copy everywhere he goes. Yeah. Bloody cute. But you wouldn't want to invite him over for movie night. Oh, no, not again, uh, Andre. Please, no. we can watch something else. Yeah, come on. There's so many. Yeah, I know it's great. Uh, Back to the Future, we've Fred got Fred Savage is no. so cute in it. Can you pass the popcorn at least, Andre? Oh, you've eaten it all no. again. You know, all the popcorn again because <laughs> you have a huge metabolism. Oh, and they were treating him to a garbage bag full of popcorn. Simpsons reference. Why in yeah. a garbage bag? On The Simpsons. When Homer uh, puts on all that weight and he goes to... The cinema, and they won't let him. He's too big for the, any of the, the chairs. <laughs> and to buy him off, they say, I could treat you to a garbage bag full of popcorn. <laughs> you can't buy me. It's so funny. <laughs> I like that he was. He really liked that movie. Um, in 1993, Andre returned to Paris after the death of his father and he wanted to attend the funeral. And while he was there, he decided to stay a little longer than he'd originally planned. He wanted to spend some time with his family, catch up with some friends. And none of the family are giants. No. They're tall, but they're like. Sure, you wouldn't look at them. Walking down the street, you wouldn't be like, whoa. No. Right. They're just average size Out of people. politeness. Yeah, you do it behind their back. Oh, okay, sure, sure, sure. sure. I mean, if that was internal. I don't whoa yeah. at people. Unless they're really big. I do. Not big if they're really hot. Hot. Yeah, whoa. I go right up close to whoa. them. I get like. Three centimeters from their face, and I go, "Whoa!" <laughs> That's actually how Jess and I met. Yeah, <laughs> what have we here? <laughs> people, people don't know that about us. They yeah. think I'm oh, probably just running in the same comedy circles or something. Or no, no, no. but uh, it was a real weird moment. <laughs> yeah, saw him and thought, "Whoa!" So then I went over and I went up close to his face and I said, "Whoa!" And we've been friends ever since. And I said, "Nice to meet you." Yeah. <laughs> He's very polite. Most people uh, get a restraining order. Anyway, so he's in Paris and he's having a nice time. And then uh, on the morning of the 28th of January in 1993, um, his driver arrived to pick him up and the hotel staff called up to his room. There was no answer and they tried again a bit later. They thought maybe he'd gone out but they hadn't seen him but you'd probably notice. They thought maybe he was sleeping. By about 3 o'clock in the afternoon they'd called several times and they there was no answer. So they broke down the door and they found that he had – 
passed away in his sleep of uh, congestive heart failure. So he had like a heart attack Oh, the night before, so 27th of Jan. Um, so he wouldn't have been that old then? No. Oh, I forgot to look up how old he was. He was like 40-something. Mm. No, that can't be right. Is that what, right? What year yeah. was he born? For 1946. Well, that makes him a li- little older. 47? 47. That is so young. Yeah. But he and lived He lived giant years. Oh. True. In giant years, he it was a good innings. No, but um, I read, or sorry, in this documentary, I was a doctor talking about treating him and uh, the condition that he had. I've got the, um, uh, the in a fun fact here, he had... Um, I can never say it properly because I, I had to keep looking up how you say it. Acromegaly. 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 I think that might be right. Anyway. Is that um, a pun? <laughs> no. <laughs> it's a disorder a disorder of the pituitary gland that causes uh, like way too much growth hormone. So that's why. And he, he wasn't showing that until he was like a teenager, early 20s. It's sort of like the big nose in his forehead kind of jutting out the shape of that and the doctor was sort of saying like it can be treated not reversed or cured but it could definitely be like slowed down but he never really had treatment for it at all same with all the issues that he was having with his back and like there was definitely things they could have done but he was always just like nah because somebody was saying you kind of got the feeling with him that he knew he wasn't going to live for very long right so he just sort of didn't bother in trying to fix things or prolong the inevitable don't know. That's kind of people putting words in his mouth and then I'm repeating those words. But, you know. And do you think that he would have, say, let's just say he hadn't have been a wrestler. He hadn't lived a physical life 300 days on the road a year, getting body slammed, wearing out mm. his joints. Do you reckon he maybe would have lived longer or is it his well, heart gave out? So He still would have been doing a lot of physical labour because he was going to be on the farm. Mm. And doing... What if he got into IT? Yeah, <laughs> but sitting down. Not so good for your back. Standing either. desk. Standing desk. Which is basically like he'd just be at the top shelf of a shelf. Yeah, I don't think he'd fit in a building. And clothing, like he can't buy clothes. That's all be specially You'd have to made. shop at Lowe's. Yeah. Buy where the big man buy. So anyway, he um yeah he yes Matt. I was just trying to was trying to get my head around what you said before. He said they put words in his mouth, and then you took those words out of his mouth. I didn't take the words out of his mouth. Although if I did, must have been while I was kissing him. Right. <laughs> you did make out with because you were three. No, you were two when he died. Yeah, two and a half. Okay. 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 Sorry. Don't be a prude. <laughs> Get a little smooches. Um. So yeah, he he passed away, and uh, apparently his family wanted to. Um, they they sort of thought it might be nice to bury him near his father and then they sort of found out what his wishes were. So they took him, he was taken back to the US, he was cremated and his ashes were scattered at his ranch in North Carolina, which was a place that he loved to spend time at because he could be himself away from prying mm. eyes. Yeah, One of my favourite states, every time I hear it. Why is that? I don't know, I've just got an affinity. Well, the, one of the reasons I love it is because um, basketball Michael Jordan. Uh, Another tall man. Yeah, played College ball in Carolina, and he wore his college shorts underneath his uniform when he played for the Chicago Bulls. He actually had to get bigger shorts to fit over them, and that started a, a trend in at the NBA where basketballs wore big baggy shorts. Wow! Ah, I 
reckon Andre the Giant would have worn big baggy shorts too, don't you reckon? I reckon he could. could he, well, they would have been big. Maybe would have, not yeah, baggy. He would have had the legs for skinny jeans. Yeah. Oh, cutoffs. Imagine. Denim cutoffs. Oh, with the pockets hanging out? That yeah. is sexy. Oh, yeah. That is sexy. They've got to be big pockets to hang out for him. <laughs> So um, I have I do have a couple of fun facts as well. Like I said earlier, I kind of just pulled out a few stories of his wrestling life and some a few bits and pieces. But I do have a couple of fun facts if I may share them with you, please, please. Sure, uh, Dave, okay. please. Right. I mean, if, it, if it can top that fun Michael Jordan fact, I'd yeah, be good surprised. Luck. Good luck. One of them I had a lot of fun uh, kind of trying to research because I I read somewhere. Very like it was just very quickly mentioned that he had a daughter, and I was like, "What?" But it never mentioned anywhere any kind of like relationships, or it was just like a one-off line. So I was like, "I need to dive a little deeper." Mm, a little yeah, you're magnifying glass out. Yeah, I did. You I, were on the case. I put on my journalism hat. It says press, <laughs> and um, I I found uh oh, I found this cringeworthy '90s news story. It's so so bad. It's it must be it's probably more like eighties because his daughter's like twelve by at that time. And, and so is this a piece of television or an article? Television. Wow. It's so terrible because it's just his daughter and her mum kind of shitting on him for not being a very present dad. Right, because he's dead. No, he was alive by this time. Right, because so that would have been late eighties, pretty, pretty cruel. Very very early nineties. So what it sounds like, I had to. I was writing down notes while I was looking this up. So her, the, the mother's name was Jean Christensen, and she met Andre while she was working apparently in PR for for the wrestling in 1974. But also, I read in a different spot that she used to do costumes for them, and now she runs like a costume shop. So she was work doing some sort of work for wrestling. You can do both. Of course you can. I'm it's, just a bit confused. To me, it sounds like she's in the witness protection program because <laughs> yeah. that is a wild story. And this is how she describes her relationship with Andre. She says there was no spark there. She just liked that she was a, she's a quite a tall woman herself and she liked that she could wear her highest heels and he was still taller than her. It's the little things. Yeah, that is a real small thing. That's a real I mean it is uh, it is nice, I'll be honest. That is a nice perk. But it's not like the if that was the only thing I liked about a person that would be a bit of a red flag for me. Um, maybe maybe PR stands for pretty robes. So it was actually was. Uh, yeah, I think you might be right. She worked in pretty robes. <laughs> That's what wrestlers wear, don't they? Yeah. Silken robes. And this is, Back me up here. This is more of a boxing thing. Oh, here we go. Sometimes, yeah, no, the wrestlers don't really Hey, wear robes. could you ever lift me up rather than always dragging me down? I told you I can't lift shit. You did say that, sorry. I, even if you thought about the lightest cloud, I could not get you off the ground. Clack, 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 clack. <laughs> feather cloud, feather cloud, feather cloud. Light as a feather, stiff as a board. Light as a feather, <laughs> stiff as a board. So this is the best. Uh, this is a line I wrote down from the news story. So it's it's one of those like shock jock terrible news. Um, not it's not a balanced news story at all. They're just like, oh, he's awful, and it's this is it. They said, <laughs> Gene and Andre might have only gone one round, but Gene was in for a big surprise. <laughs> oh, that is classic writing. How good is that? They're in for one round. They banged. wink, wink, mum yeah. and dad at home watching this with your kids wink, next to you. And she was like, before before this happened, I was told he was sterile. <laughs> <laughs> 
Oh, that's Who no good. So, like, the kid must be feeling so wanted is and the loved. Kid, is the kid there when she sang all of this? No, but, I mean, the kid probably watched. Did she probably sing just she sang all that. Saying. Yeah. Oh, saying. Just I accent. thought he was sterile. <laughs> I didn't want a kid. <laughs> if if Andre's told her that he was sterile, that is. That's rough. But somebody else, I think she just heard. She heard a rumour. That's silly. That's so dumb. Right, so so, but then she sort of banned wrestling in the in the house. She didn't want her daughter to be around that kind of world. And with Andre away three hundred days of the year, he wasn't around all that much. So they saw each other very intermittently. I read somewhere that they were married, but I don't know if that's true. I think they were married very briefly, and then, but then he also but there's Jess, also stories. There was nothing there. There's no spark. But imagine how good she would have looked in the wedding photos because he's taller than her. Yeah, and she can she wear her hunt. biggest heels. <laughs> that's all she cares about. She's but wearing stilts. There was also, <laughs> it said they were married but then divorced not long after the daughter was born. But I don't know if that's right because I read other stories about him going to a doctor's office to get blood tests because he didn't know that the daughter was his. So it Gene seems a bit batshit to me, but that's okay. Anyway, he has a daughter. Her name's Let's Robin. Let's go easy on Gene, eh? Allegedly. She, that covers you. Thank that you. That covers you legally. She's allegedly budge hey, Anything dodgy we've ever said, allegedly. Yeah, sorry, I'm, I was meaning to say that, allegedly. Mm, mm. Uh, and the daughter? Robin. Right, so she'd be in her 30s. Yes. No, she's she'd be a bit older. I think she was. Oh, no, she was 12. In, in the, the early in 90s. In the 80s. Yeah. Right, right, right. Um, uh, there, so I've got a couple of other fun facts and then I've got one more thing about Robin as well. There are a lot of stories about his drinking habits, like we said before. Um, allegedly, one time he consumed over 100 beers in a single sit- sitting. That's a story that sort of goes around. That's so much liquid. I know. Yeah, you'd have to pee a lot, wouldn't you? Oh, God. But I my- mean, the bucket would be overflowing. Ridiculous. But most of his colleagues, like his friends and fellow wrestlers, they report that alcohol had surprisingly little effect on him and he didn't have hangovers, he didn't slur his speech, he was like he was just fine. He could to be just- honest, it's not that surprising. He's just like the biggest man alive. He's huge. It makes so much sense. There were a handful of, ex- uh, of exceptions. Uh, according to his co-stars in uh, Princess Bride, Andre once drank enough to pass out in a hotel lobby and they couldn't, it's impossible to move him, so the hotel employees just put a velvet rope around him. (laughs) (laughs) So nobody bothered him and he just slept on the floor of the lobby. That's badass. That's badass. I imagine you'd be posting for photos with a passed out Andre the child. You'd have to. A couple more fun facts. Uh, because shopping, like going shopping could be a real pain in the butt for him, quite cumbersome because he's so big. He grew really fond of uh, QVC, which was the home shopping channel that launched in 1986, and his friends recalled that Andre bought several steam cleaners and lots of porcelain butterflies. (laughs) I like that he likes little butterflies. That's cute. That is cute. That's very cute. A couple more. Well, one more thing. He, um, He also apparently enjoyed uh, sort of pranking his friends. He didn't do, like, he didn't lift weights or anything to get strong. It was just his body was strong. Uh, So his form of resistance training was just moving his friends' cars around at night. (laughs) So they couldn't find their cars. (laughs) Like picking them up? Yeah. Well, he might just push them, but he could probably pick it up. Just little cars. It's Europe. (laughs) That is amazing. How good is that? Anyway, so Andre the Giant's career spanned 27 years, six continents, and over 5,000 matches. 
That's heaps. And when he died, he left his entire estate to his daughter, Robin. Oh, great. Everything to Robin. Yeah. And that's the story of Andre the Giant. Fantastic. Can I ask you a question? Please. I've often wondered if this is true. I've heard it a couple of times. Did you come across this at all? Is it true that when he was growing up, he was a family friend of Samuel Beckett, the French playwright? Uh, that was a um, a a fun fact that I did come across. It wasn't necessarily they were family friends. Apparently, um, so Samuel Beckett is a famous French playwright, one of the most famous plays of the twentieth century, "Waiting for Godot," written by him. Ah, uh, yep. Um, I did. Uh, it was something about. I think he lived, uh, Samuel lived in like the same kind of area and he would sometimes offer the kids lifts to school. Right. It wasn't just Andre, it would be like other kids in the area. So I remember hearing that maybe he had like some sort of truck that he could drive Andre in to school because he was such a large child. I just Googled it. I love Snopes.com. It's sort of like a fact. Yeah, yeah, because I often wonder if it's true. It's got, it says it's mixture. Yeah. Oh, you got it? Yeah. No, go on. It says, uh, what's true? When he lived in the French town of Usisumane, mm-hmm. that's what it would be called, in the 1950s, Beckett was one of several adults who sometimes drove local children to school, including Andre and his siblings. So they didn't have, there was no school bus. What's false, Beckett did not exclusively give rides to Andre. Mm. Private rides were not necessary for Andre because he had grown too big for the local school bus and Beckett did not form a special bond with Andre. Yeah. There you go. But so they, it's they true. The seed of it was true and it yeah. sort of... Yeah, yeah, because I've heard that, you know, they were good friends and that he drove him in the back of his pickup because he was too big for any other transport. And Godot was actually based on Andre. Yeah, right. So that's pretty interesting, isn't it? Hmm. But, yeah, I did I did read that, yeah. And there you go. No, I'm glad I finally know. Mm. What a life, huh? He's done a lot. It is a wild I think that my parents, because they were into wrestling in the 80s, I think that they saw him when he came to Australia once told me before. Yeah, right. Pretty wild. Which is really cool. Yeah, I think he came out here a fair bit. And I think a couple of big wrestling types, people not quite as big as him but still very big, I think they have had similar issues, like a similar reasoning for being that large because the, the gland is yes. you know, working too hard. I think the big show. Oh, yeah. Yep. Yes, yep, big seven, show had the seven same. Seven foot tall, but I think that maybe he's had surgery to correct it right. to stop him continue. So that he's still wrestling now. And like has less health issues, I think, because but they, of that. Didn't they sort of bill him as like a relative of Andre the Giant? Yeah, I think that maybe like when that? he first started. Yeah, yeah, he was like son of the yeah something like that. Um, yeah, yeah, uh, and I did read that he had a similar kind of condition. But it's something that can be, like that doctor was saying, it's like it's treatable. It's not curable or reversible, but definitely it it can be contained or it can be managed. But Andre kind of it, they got to it too late for him anyway. But also he was seemed pretty hesitant to do anything about it. So pretty interesting. Mm. Seems like seems like quite a nice, well, from what everyone says, quite a nice big gentle giant. Nice guy. What a nice guy. Mm. I love the Princess Bride too. Yeah, it's one of my one of my all time faves. So good. I haven't seen it in a while. I should mm. check it out again. It doesn't mm. have a primate in it by chance. Non human. Don't think it does. No. Jeez, that'd be the... That would be good. Tell you, probably, Jack, would you count the uh, Sasquatch in the Six Million Dollar Man? Uh, yeah, I think Sasquatch is a non-human primate for sure. Great, <laughs> wonderful. There's no doubt about that. I mean, no one's ever been able to check them out, uh, like a body or anything. But I think it's pretty clear they're some well, sort of primate. We'll right? get them eventually. Yeah, I reckon. 
And hey, another thing that we always do on the podcast is that we uh, we thank um, some of our Patreon supporters. That's right. And the first way we do that is via the fact, quote, or question segment. And before we get to that, should we explain to possible new new people, new listeners, what the Patreon is? Sure. It's a way of supporting the show, and not just this show, but uh, also Dave's uh, fortnightly show, Book Cheat, which is where Dave reads a classic novel so you don't have to, uh, and also um, my show, Primates. I say my show, you know, it's all shared. Mm. I'm just the common host. Yeah. Um, Jess has been on both podcasts a bunch, and we bloody get on each other's nerves. And also <laughs> podcasts <laughs> all mostly, the time. Mostly nerves. Um, uh, Primates is about primates and popular culture. Silly show each week is about a different uh, topic, like normally a movie or a TV show or a comic book or a, even a famous primate from uh, reality, like uh, a little while ago we talked about. Harambe. Very good. The ape that launched a million memes. Mm. Um, but uh, what we do uh, with people who are sub- supporters on Patreon, we thank them at the end of the show, including uh, one member of the Sydney Scheinberg level who we uh, asked to give us a fact quote or a question. Whichever uh, they choose. This week's fact quote or questioner is Danielle Summers. It's her third time on the segment. And she wants to be called her title. Uh, you get to give yourself a title as well. Her title this week is This Week's Ringo. And she asks a question, and her question is, do you all have favourite lame jokes? I should give you, I should um, read these beforehand so we could prepare maybe. But... Favourite lame jokes as in like recurring bits we do or can no, it be a knock-knock joke? No, like a knock-knock joke. Oh, yeah, 100% Because she she's given an example. Um, she said uh, her favourite lame joke is, what do you call a fish with a bow tie? What? So fishticated. <laughs> that is oh, good. That's good. That is very good. I've Dave, got is two. Is that a pun? Yeah, it yeah, is. That's that pun. is a pun. I've got okay. two. Okay, great. This Can is... I have one of them? All right. This is my favorite one. Ready? It's a knock knock. Can you participate for me? Yeah. Knock knock. <clears throat> Who's there? Interrupting cow. Interrupting Moo! cow. Sorry. Interrupting cow. Moo! Oh, okay, Matt doesn't good. get it. So it sounds sorry. like the doorbell's Interrupting... <laughs> So I'm so sorry about this. Interrupting oh, cow. The doorbell's really, really playing up here. How are you ruining such a fun and whimsical joke? I love it. This is another one, a favourite of mine. Yeah, this is my favourite. Yeah, this is your favourite. Yep. Because you love uh, the nostalgia of it because my cousin Jack used to say when yes. he was little, remember? Yeah, yeah, little Jack. Little Jack, when he was about four, he used to tell this joke. <laughs> and he'd he talk about a duck walks into a bar and he says, you got any bread? And the barman says, no, I don't have any bread. And the duck goes, you got any bread? And he goes, no, I don't have any bread. And the duck goes, you got any bread? And the barman says, if you ask one more time if I have any bread, I'm going to nail your bill to the wall. And the duck goes, you got any nails? And the barman goes, no. And the duck goes, you got any bread? <laughs> the timing when Jack told it when he was four. Oh, boy. I've oh, never been prouder. That sounds like a sophisticated joke for I've four never been old. prouder. I would have been about eight and I thought, this kid's got it. He does. And then and I made sure. that kid went on to be Jack. The Ripper. Yeah, we're very proud of him. I don't tell many people. <laughs> you could not think of a famous Jack. Yeah, there aren't that wow. many. There's so many. No, I, I was sure to bully him. Jack Nicholson. To make sure he didn't have the confidence to go into comedy so it could be my thing. Right. Don't you, do you have it. a cousin that does comedy or no. something? No. No. Only me. I thought she does. 
Who's no. your cousin? Jack the Ripper. Jack the Ripper's my cousin. Dave, do you have a favourite lame joke? Ripping uh, yarns. Yeah, to be honest, I don't have a famous joke, so I've just Googled top 50 worst Christmas jokes ever. According to the, the uh, Telegraph in the UK, this All is right. number one. Who hides in a bakery at Christmas? Who? A mince spy. Oh, that's bad. That's real bad. Thank that's you, really Anne. Good night. It's no good at all. All right. Well, I've found this site, chartcons.com slash lame jokes. You have your favorite. Uh, their number one is, two peanuts were walking down a spooky road at night. One was assaulted. <laughs> that's terrible. That's Borderline, not, good. not a joke. I mean, that, that's not good. We are laughing at a crime. That is not good. <laughs> but thank you, Danielle, for making us go down that road. I'm, why am I the only one who knew lame jokes? Oh. Oh. <laughs> I know why. So thank you, Danielle. Now it's time to. Yes, thank you so much for your joke segment. Now it's time for the second part of our Patreon uh, exclusive. <laughs> I'm bad at this, but I'm just trying to get it moving along. No, we uh, thank a few people by name we, and uh, we read out where they're from and we usually make a little joke connected back to the topic or a little a little, little something something. We are 100% giving them wrestler names. Oh, that is great. Matt, you okay with that? Yes, I'm just reading more. They're, that was a, as good as they got. That was That joke? Yeah, I just read another 20 of them. Okay. They're bad. Well, let's read Why some do names. We, we then. started with such a with that fish, sophisticated. Yeah, because Danielle nailed it. We start. Well, I'm so sorry that we brought you. Yeah, down but from now there. we're going to read some good names. Okay, great. And then we're going to give that them wrestler makes me names. Feel better. Okay. 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 All right. Give him a little tummy rub. Uh, shall I kick her off? Yeah. Well, I'd love to thank uh, from Seattle, which is, as you know, supersonics country. Mm. We used to be when or they it existed. Was. Uh, I'd love to thank. One of our favourite, as all these people are, one of our favourite supporters, Mr. Brian Colella. Okay, something about collar, um, like the like the not collar bomb, what but the, like the, the, the white collar. Oh yeah, like the fraudster or something like that. Yeah, can you? Does that make sense? Yeah, help me. Yeah, yeah the, <laughs> the fraudster's good. Fraudster, yeah. So just the fraudster. Fraudster. I think that's great because it comes out in a suit. And, oh, like, yep. he's just, like, laughing about how he's, like, ruined your family's retirement. He's like, you can't touch me. I got the best lawyers in the land. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, love that. Good one. The Brian Colella. Thanks, Brian. I like Brian. He talks, he, he listens, he takes music tips from me. Oh, that's good. Oh, any or tips he did like, one time. Not many other people How about have. a new tip for Brian? Oh, a new tip? Um... Oh, I mean, it's all old news. What's Do you know what song you introduced me to that I can't stop listening to? What's that? It's Midnight Oil. Read about it. Oh, great song. So good. Love maybe, that cowbell. Maybe good Brian good in Seattle would not be familiar. Yeah, Brian. That's true. Midnight yeah. Oil. Read, read about, about it. It's a classic Aussie rock song. So good. And it's got it's got a cowbell-esque beat and also just a real sick riff. My and favorite line is, nothing really matters. Love that. So yeah. true. Nothing ever happens. Nothing really matters. But there's a pause, and I love pauses in songs. Pause. Pause. I love yelling out pause in pauses. Mm. Thanks so much, Brian, for your support. Okay, the fraud (laughs) stuff. I'd also love to thank from Birmingham in the UK, Mr. Troy Swaffer. Oh, Troy. What are you feeling for Troy? Sounds like Swaffer. Sounds a bit like a swashbuckler. Oh, is he a pirate? Yeah. Pirate. Pirate Pete, 
uh, uh, Shiver Me Timbers Troy. Uh, walk the Plank. Troy. Troy. <laughs> uh, about- Captain Troy? Captain Troy. And Walk the Plank could be his special move. Yeah. Yeah. He, his make, finisher. he makes them walk the plank. Mm. And he and he also he draws an X before he knocks someone yeah. out. Yeah, that's good. X marks a spot where I'm Bang. gonna kick your ass. Yeah, I yeah, love that. Yeah. And it, oh, what about sometimes they film some stuff backstage? Like maybe yeah. if a wrestler opens their locker and there's a black spot in there. Oh, yeah. They know Captain Troy's on his way. And they Davey like Jones's locker. Yeah, yeah, all the way down. They film him and he's just surrounded by treasure chests full of gold. Yeah, he's just laughing about his it. His bling. <laughs> yeah. That's yeah. awesome. The swashbuckler. Thanks, like that. Troy. Very good. Can I thank a couple of great, yes. great wrestling fr- friends and fans? Please. I would me. like to thank from Los Angeles. California, if I'm saying that right. I believe I like so. I think it's California, yeah, but sure. Oh, thank you. Thank you for picking me up there. That is Aaron J. Kalea or Slayer. Oh, Slayer. That's Slayer. Oh, the Slayer. The Slayer. And in what is he the Slayer like uh, thrash metal Slayer or Buffy? Vampire Slayer. Buffy. What about both? Yeah, great. So yes. he's a vampire Slayer, but he walks out to a Slayer track. Right. Rain in Blood, one of yeah, the, the, one of the, the famous ones. ones. Yes. Yeah, that's good. The only one I can name, so that's that's a good one. Yeah, that's perfect. Aaron Salaya, the Slayer. I think my favorite song of there's a Disciple. Can we change it to that? Absolutely. Thank you. We can. Thank you so much. Very good. And uh, it's my tip. Thank for you to Aaron, Brian, to check out a new track for the Slayer as well as Midnight Oil. Uh, thank you to Aaron. Now, I'd also like to thank from Bradford in Yorkshire over in GB, I would like to thank Xander Marston. Xander. I like Xander. Xander's Is there something great. in that? Yeah, what about the character from Buffy? Uh, yes. <laughs> the Red Panda. Xander the Red Panda. They're often like... From Xanadu. <laughs> the panda from Xanadu? What do they do in Xanadu? Do they ice skate? Roller skate. Roller skate. Roller skating Red Panda. Oh, that is fun. He's on skates. Because often there yeah. are like little fun ones like yeah. uh, I used to really like uh, Scotty Too Hotty. Oh, is that what that is? He was a, he I've was heard a, of Scotty Too He was Hottie. a hip hop hip hop themed uh, wrestler from the early 2000s. <laughs> trying to think of an equivalent for Matt and all I could think was Maddie Too Fatty. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> that, was nice. con- that was confusing. I'm sorry. Maddie with a hattie. Oh, that's good too. Maddie did a shatty. <laughs> You are good at this. Matt has got to have the most rhymes of anything ever. Yeah, all right. Batty, catty. You are catty. You've been a bit catty right now, to be honest. (laughs) 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 Meow. (laughs) Thank you, Xander. Xander, the roller skating red panda. And bringing it home, I'd like to thank a couple of people, if I may. Pleasey. I'd like to thank from Amston in Connecticut. Ah, Jacob Spectre. Oh, man, he's. Done a lot of the work there himself, hasn't he? Oh. That's good. The inspector. Oh, okay, yeah, yeah. Because often they do have a pun name. For example, one of the uh, wrestlers is Justin Credible. Yeah. Oh, that's bad. That's real bad. That's very bad. Credible is also such a, you know, that's the opposite of what he's trying to call himself. <laughs> no. Yeah. Your surname's just Credible. <laughs> okay. So the inspector? The Could inspector, that yeah. That, Who's what? a ghost? Who is a spectre? Oh, I love that. Yes. Oh, in, and so the spectre is underlined. Yeah. yeah. And does he come out to music like, Ooh, 
but he's yeah. got a like a a magnifying glass. Yeah, and a deerstalker hat. Deerstalker hat, and they put like uh, dry ice at his feet, so it yeah. looks like he's floating because he's wearing a pretty robe. Yeah, from yeah. The, as from all the wrestlers do. Yeah. yeah, and anytime they try to punch him, it just like goes yeah. straight through him <laughs> somehow. <laughs> yeah, he actually doesn't exist. Yeah, he's fake. <laughs> it's a sheet. Yeah, but uh, it's pretty cool. So thank you, Jacob. And finally, from Sacramento in California, I would like to thank Michelle Gunvaradal. Oh, great. Name. Or Gunvaradal. So you got Gun I'm so in there. sorry, Michelle. Gun is Sacramento good. basketball team, the Kings. Oh, that's, that's Gun good. Gun Toten King. So. Oh, I love that. Yeah. You are good at this. Have you considered a career in wrestling? Wrestling Naming. names. Yeah, oh God, no, you die in wrestling, wrestling. <laughs> you, you're, you're Chris the Wall, man. <laughs> I could pick you up and crush you right now. Yeah. No, yeah. Don't, absolutely don't wrestle. No. But just name them. I'm very fragile. Yeah, you're a little I got fragile. brittle old bones. Fragile what would you call boy. Jess and I if we were a wrestling duo? <gasps> Oh, the sick dogs. Oh, okay. I like that. Sick woof, puppies. Woof. The puppies, yeah. sick puppies. Yeah. Oh, no, and you'd, you'd, we'd have fake vomit, right? You'd come out on leashes and you'd be vomiting. Oh, yeah, we're foaming. We've got rabies. Oh, the sick. They're sick puppies. <laughs> and you'd say to everyone, you go, rah, I'm a sick, I'm a sick <laughs> little boy. Rah. Yeah, we say rah. Rah, I'm a rah sick like boy. dogs do. Rah. Yeah, don't, rah. don't come near me. I'll nip at you. Rah. I'll give you a little nippy nip. <laughs> I'll nip your ankles. Yeah. And they'd try to kick you away. You'd latch. Mm. Yeah, lockjaw. Yeah, that's your classic move, the lockjaw. It does sound like We, we will not let go unless you put a finger up our butthole. Don't do that. Which I've heard is a way to get them to stop biting. <laughs> I've heard. Oh, quick. Oh, allegedly there. Yeah. A quick. He yeah, is. allegedly. Anything I've ever mentioned about butts, allegedly. <laughs> he has 100% done it. Well, you put a finger up a dog's chuff. Hey. hey. <laughs> <laughs> I mean... You do what you have to do to survive. Yeah, that is true. It's beautifully put. Thank you. Words of wisdom there. Uh, thanks to everyone that supports us at Patreon. Genuinely makes a big difference and makes this show tick along. And it's one of the real reasons we haven't missed a week in over three years. So thanks to everyone that does support Thanks the so show. much for everyone. For in a way, thanks to us for that. Hell yeah. And we're doing more than one show a week because we do two a month uh, for Patreon only that are Patreon only episodes. And Dave's in charge of these this month. Last month we had a couple of couple of our best ever, I reckon, with a live report about the Battle of the Sexes and our 2018 Dugo Honours. Honours. The... Okay, the shiny Gordon Garys. <laughs> Which are the trophies that you win. It and, was a uh, nightmare to edit. I bet. I listened back. Can I say that? You, fantastic work. Thank you. I really, I really set you up. Yeah, yeah you. F- I Dave threw you under the bus. A few I times. Oh, so you you follow those? Of course, I did. I mentioned so the full good. live band. Oh, and, and I kept shouting out to and them. And they were all there. And they were on the trumpet. They were all very talented. Thanks, Bob. That's great. Yeah, great work. R- really appreciate that. So <laughs> a lot of fun stuff to to uh, check out there. And you better believe that we'll be putting on our Comedy Festival poster coming up, uh, winner of multiple <laughs> shiny Golden Gary. I also, on that episode, uh, I laughed. I broke down with laughter for the biggest way they have in a long time. And then uh, I was telling someone, <laughs> they, someone asked me, why? Because they saw a video of me laughing. I said, "What happened?" And I said, "Well," <laughs> and I had to start breathing real slow and deep. And I'm trying so hard not to think of what I was actually going to say because I was 
about to tell the story and it was welling up in me again. I it's like, it's like Voldemort or something. I can't Matt, say it, Matt otherwise la- I'll lose my mind. Matt laughed to the point of nearly not being able to breathe for two and a half minutes. And yeah. I, I and I only started recording about a minute in and I got a two and a half minute video of you. At one point I thought He's not actually laughing anymore. He's crying. Yeah, like he's struggling. Uh, yeah, and I was like, I stopped laughing because I was like, oh, no, something's happened here. We've heard This him. isn't okay. And then he was just <laughs> laughing some more and so I was like, permission to laugh. Yeah. No, yeah, That's I was great. always fine. I was just trying to get myself out of it. Yeah. I, was, I was in a, hole, a laugh hole. Yeah. And I was trying to drag myself nah, out. Nah, I reckon just let them happen. They're the best and yeah. they happen so rarely and you can never force it. Let it happen when it happens. There must the be, yeah, whatever ever. those chemicals that have been released. Yeah. One happened for me. Sorry, we really need to get out of here. One happened for me when I was on schoolies and my friends and I were probably a bit hungover. We are sitting around watching Disney movies and we were watching Hercules and at one point Hercules sort of just like very casually throws, throws his fist back and he hits the bad guy in the face and his face kind of caves in. <laughs> and I laughed so hard at it. And my friend's like, what? And I said, how's the view, bum face? Because his face kind of looked like a bum after wait, that. Did he actually? What's this guy's I, face? No, it was like a cartoon. Oh, okay. It's right. a cartoon. Oh, it's the cartoon. I, I thought, thought this was Kevin the... Sorbo. No, no, no. no, no. no. I thought Kevin Sorbo had caved in a man's face. Disney. Right. Sorry, I missed that key. Uh, I laughed so oh, hard, and I uh, that was ten years ago. My friends still bring that up sometimes, so we'll How's still be bringing this. Up. Yeah, face. it doesn't even make sense, but I was howling. <laughs> Sounds like a line from Batman and Robin. Thank you. Yeah, a big big blockbuster. <laughs> Take film. that as a compliment. <laughs> Great film, great film. <laughs> uh, but that just brings us to the end of the show. Thank you so much for listening. You can get in contact with us anytime. All the links to all the stuff I'm about to say are at dogoonpod.com, including the aforementioned Patreon. But you can email us, dogoonpod at gmail.com, and we are at dogoonpod on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and we're youtube.com slash dogoonpod if you want to check out some live videos that we have uh, published over the last few months or so. Always fun to do that. And uh, also, all this stuff is in the description of the episode. If you just want to get one click away from all those things. That's right. And if you uh, have the time, please give us a five-star review on iTunes or whatnot and get, tell us what you're ready, your bloody think. And uh, But just do it with a five-star review. And uh, thank you so much for everyone who does listen. Tell your friends if you, if you know anyone who might be interested. Um, we really appreciate all the people who uh, share the good word of the pod. And, uh, whoa, um, you guys just let me go here. Okay, thanks, everybody. All right, now we're going to lather up with baby oil, as we always do. <laughs> Thank you and goodbye. Later. Bye. This podcast is part of the Planet Broadcasting Network. Visit planetbroadcasting.com for more podcasts from our great mates. I mean... If you want, it's up to you. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.